Kia ora, good evening all. Welcome into another edition of Rugby World Cup today, 22nd of September. My name is Daniel McCarty, alongside me Brad Lewis. Jacob's on his phone, he's paying attention, hanging off every word. Good to see you, friend. Shots fired early. We will take you through to 7 o'clock. We want your contribution along the way. Our number, if you want to use it, 0800-150-811. You can also text the show on double eight double three are you ready for the weekend ahead how good is it going to be it's going to be huge our show rugby world cup today brought to you by kubota shaping and building australia and new zealand what have we got in store for you well we will zero in on a lot of these games uh starting off with the the first key one as far as i'm concerned 345 tomorrow morning it is uh, manu samoa up against argentina a win for Manu Samoa first up. They take on Argentina, who were abject in their first game. Uh, they have a rich history at Rugby World Cups, and it tends to go the way of Manu Samoa. Will it be the same in 2023? We're going to be welcoming in a man who's very well positioned to comment, uh, Kazlila Manua, who played two World Cups uh, in the front row for Samoa, and uh, these days is a registered player agent, the only Pacifica player agent, um, going around, uh, he will uh, add plenty of credibility. We'll talk about the class of Mono Samoa in 2023. Can this be a rebirth somewhat? Think of the amazing achievements, 91, 95, 99, 2003, what, they were leading England, who went on to win the World Cup with, what, 15-odd minutes to go. But since then, since then, it's been somewhat in the doldrums, gets our Cass's perspective on that. And let's not forget, it is Wales up against Australia. Huge jeopardy for Australia. Uh, Wales, after their hard-fought win over uh, Fiji in the first game, uh, put them in great position. And they could, what, put Australia out? Uh, we'll catch up with TVNZ's uh, a newsman these days, former sports journal, once a sports journal, always a sports journal, right? And, and a proud Welshman, Dewey Priest, will join the show about uh, 6.35. Arkas uh, Leila Manua to join us in about five or so minutes. But as we do at the top of the show, let's get to the news of the day. And boy, what a day. There has been quite the news. Host nation France has maintained the unbeaten start of Rugby World Cup 2023 with a 96 points to nil win against Namibia at Stade de Marseille this morning. Le Bleu scored lots of these. Nice little foot movement, beating a couple of players. Jalibert, Dupont on the outside. Back inside is Jalibert. Here come the French, linking beautifully. That's champagne rugby, and you can say that because it's from France. Dupont floats one over the top, almost intercepted there from Lopsa. The big bump from Peno, and now he's cutting loose. Damien Peno links up superbly. It's a captain's try. <laughs> Penalty France. Dupont, quick tap. Time is fine. Time is fine. That is stunning. But here cut the tricolour now. The Alviare cuts them loose back on the inside. Pour me some French wine. I'm going to sit back and enjoy this. 14 tries in total if you're counting, including to ha- a hat-trick to Damien Pernod, who moved to third all-time. As far as our French uh, try scorers, his 33rd in tests, trailing only the great Serge Blanco. Any chance for me to cram in Serge Blanco into the show, and I will find a way. 38 test tries uh, for the uh, incredible fullback. Uh, Von Sinclair, uh, 34 tries. Uh, Payno says, the tries are anecdotal. Uh, we enjoyed ourselves and we're proud of the people to come to see us. That's the most important thing. 
Our centre, Jonathan Dante, and flanker, Charles Olivon. How good's that bloke? Scored two tries apiece, while uh, Thomas Ramos kicked 12 conversions for a personal tally of 34 points. However, the story is huge concern for France, their head coach, the team, the nation. Uh, as captain and scrum half Anton Dupont was forced to leave the field early in the second half following a head clash with the Namibian captain, Johan Dazel. Sounds like it might be a HIA yeah, test it, as well here. Yeah, understatement there. Dazel was shown a red card for that collision. Uh, Fabian Goltier, the head coach, there's a suspicion of a crack or fracture in his jaw. He's gone for tests. We will wait for the results before moving forward. We need to take advantage of this great victory and the players' fine performance. Now, in the hours since, there has just been a scramble of media trying to diagnose an injury. It's one of the cringe things our industry does. Um, but uh, trying to figure out exactly what has uh, happened to this boat, well, only time is going to tell. Uh, but I, I've pinned down a few sort of uh, expert opinions out of France. Uh, Mathieu Lato, who's a very respected commentator and presenter, uh, I'll uh, translate one of his messages. The news would not be good for Antoine, as one might have feared. It would be a fracture. Yep, that's not good. The operation would not be considered, so no surgery, no surgery. And how's this for the kicker? Uh, hoped return for at best in the semi-final. Okay, so a fracture, no operation, and at best a return for the semi-final. He finishes off with the most apt sentence of them all. The party has a very bitter taste tonight. Absolutely devastating blow for uh, not only France, but I'm I'm sorry, the rugby fan in me wants this guy on the field. I don't I don't care about New Zealand loyalties here. That's how good this guy is. It's a real shame. We wish him nothing but the best. Uh, meantime, South Africa and Ireland take on each other this weekend. Uh, we know about the South African seven-one split on the bench. How's this from the Irish coach Andy Farrell? Uh, when asked about it, I love it. I respect it. I like the fact they know their squad and brought four scrum halves over. A hooker who has not really played in that position before. It shows they know their players and which direction they want to go. <laughs> Fantastic. Pithier the better. Brilliant. And lastly, before we move on to our first interview, Kaslila Manua from, what, Manu Samoa fame. Let's get to the All Blacks and All Blacks halfback. Aaron Smith stated the obvious with regard to their next group game at Rugby World Cup against We're Italy. Looking, um, at Italy. It's a playoff game, really. It's... um. Still die for us, and that's how we've got to treat it. And this week's about learning as much as we can about them, getting our game and the things we can control um, in in a spot, and also getting our body and mind fresh and ready to go for um, hopefully a long run. And uh, you can feel it, like I said, you can feel it already in the the team and the energy around what's coming next Friday, and um, wanting to be in the team that um, gets that opportunity. That is the very latest uh, from Rugby World Cup 2023. You're listening to Rugby World Cup today. My name is Daniel McCarty. The next game is tomorrow morning, 3.45 a.m. our time. It is Argentina up against Manu Samoa. These two nations have a rich history together. I mentioned this at the top. We are utterly thrilled to welcome in to the program a man who played at multiple World Cups for Manu Samoa these days is a registered player agent here in New Zealand. And without question, probably the most handsome man ever to play in the front row in international rugby. It is Casalalo Manua. How are you, friend? You doing well? 
Good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I don't know about the handsomeness, but I, um, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> take it and run with it. Of course, you, you spent plenty of time playing in France as well, so uh, you, you've probably got a, a deeper affection to this uh, tournament. What you know, overall, what's you know, being the the big rugby fan that you are and connected to the sport, how have you judged the tournament to date? Oh, I love it. Uh, I think um, as as you see in every World Cup, it's. Um, it's a chance for a lot of these teams that don't get um, um, many test matches in a, in a calendar year to go up against the best in the world. And I'll tell you what, the, the, the teams have been, uh, the Tier 2 nations have been really competitive, which has been uh, enjoyable to watch. Um, I do I'm saying that from a Samoan point of view, Chile pushed them uh, in their very first game. So, yes. But for me, that's exciting. Um, just seeing teams like a Chile go out there and just nothing to lose, throw the ball around and, and chance your arm a bit. Yeah, they did that against Japan too, Cass, and it took Japan quite a while, the Brave Blossoms, to get over Chile. And, you know, Chile fought really hard. Sort of similar score lines between uh, the, those matches. But the, the, the Manu Samoa class of 2023, how do you judge them, their relative strengths and weaknesses? Oh, I, I think the strength that comes off this uh, squad uh, this World Cup squad for this year is probably the experience that a lot of these players bring to the team. Uh, there's a lot of guys um, in that squad now that have got exposure to, I guess, the highest level of rugby. I'm going back a bit, and I remember going to a World Cup in, in 2003, and, and we were playing club play, you know, a, 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 yeah. a big bunch of us were club players. So I guess the... the the experience that a lot of these guys bring to the squad uh, is exciting to see. And I guess that's what um, you need in big games is the experienced guys to step up. Yeah, being in professional environments, hugely beneficial, right? But it does bring challenges too. Uh, you know, no, no one in the current squad plays their, their rugby in Samoa, for example. Uh, and I don't think it ha- anyone has for a, for a long, long time. So when you get together, like time is off the essence. That the time poor to build a culture as a team, are they not? No, hundred percent. I think that is a challenge for any of these um, nations that don't get a lot of uh, test matches. That look like I mentioned in the calendar year is being able to uh, spend time together. The one to get combinations going, but to a lot of these players. You know that it's the first time meeting each other when they when they assemble for a, a squad. Um, ideally, you'd like to keep a handful of guys that you could bring through through a four-year period to build a team around. But uh, as, as as we know, it's these these Pacific Island nations, these uh, tier two teams don't have that luxury of doing that. So it is it is hard work. But in saying that. Don't ever doubt the passion that these guys have uh, playing for uh, their country of heritage. Yeah, I, I'd love to dig a little bit deeper on that. The link between the team, in this instance, a rugby team and your, your Samoan heritage and your experiences, how important is that to fostering a connection? Oh, it's hugely important, uh, for, I think, because um, I guess what, what I've always said, it's... it's um, it opens your eyes. I'm a New Zealand-born Samoan, so uh, mm. until I uh, had the chance to play for Samoa, um, like I grew up being Samoan. Right? Don't get me wrong. Uh, as, as you do in New Zealand, yeah, you know that you you got Samoan heritage. And until you put that jumper on, you ha- um, 
and you join that environment, it opens your eyes and you, and you feel connection that I guess is special to, um, I guess it's the same if you play for the New Zealand Maldives, that, that tie back into your, yeah. uh, I guess, um, your tribe, your, where, your, where, your, where your parents are from. So it's hugely important. And, and the proud history that goes uh, for players that, uh, I guess, growing up watching uh, someone, uh, those teams from 91 and 99 go through and, do, and 95 do what they did. Um, were born and bred in the island, you know, so um, it's just uh, one uh, proud honour and I guess that, that special connection that you have um, uh, being able to represent uh, not only your family but a small nation, a Pacific Island nation. Yeah, I think the All Blacks played an here what, back in 2015. Now, my, my research tells me since then only Georgia, Wales, Tonga and Fiji have played against Manu Samoa in Samoa. So, so that, that connection between the people, the supporters and the team, you know, we want to see more of that. But it's still there quite passionately, despite the lack of actually being able to perform in front of your people. Oh, 100%. No, I think it's um, no matter where... Uh, Pacific Island team plays is you're going to have uh, not only a nation but anybody that's got links back to um, um, that island supporting you no matter where you play. Uh, I'd like yeah. to mention uh, Dan, I'd love to see more test matches back in the island. Uh, that's probably um, something that uh, I guess not only World Rugby has to look at but also the, the home nations have to look at how we can build that game and, and keep building the game in the Pacific Island nations. But, um, like I said, no matter where you play, uh, and uh, no doubt, uh, like in France, is, uh, I remember the World Cup back in 2007 in France, and um, the French uh, locals getting behind uh, us as uh, a team and turning up the training, turning up to a hotel, and, and everybody just getting behind, uh, getting behind our team was amazing to see. And I you know, like watching the games now. It's, it's, it's so awesome to see. Uh, the French people and and then um, embracing this World Cup. The history of uh, Samoan rugby um, is rich at this tournament. All started, of course, Western Samoa 1991. We all know shocking Wales, uh, thrashing Argentina, almost toppling the eventual champions, Australia, getting through to the quarterfinals. Similar story in 95. They thrash Italy, now we're a Six Nations team. They beat Argentina and now a rugby championship team, lose to eventual champs in the quarterfinals. Thrash Japan, beat Wales again in 1999, make it through to the quarterfinals. 2003, you were there, you know you're you're in front of England with about 15, 20 minutes to go in a group game. You just miss out on making the quarterfinals. But from then on, it's what has it been a malaise? It's sort of stagnated. Uh, what do you put it down to? I think it is a combination of things. Um, as like. International rugby has just grown. Uh, a a yeah. lot of these teams uh, that we've always that we've, we've, we've mentioned before um, uh, play a lot of test matches in a, in a uh, over a twelve month period. If you look at uh, the PI teams, um, you probably get three mid year, and if you're lucky, you get an end of year tour where uh, there might be three more test matches. And compare that to a nation that's a, a tier one nation that's playing uh, close to 12 uh, test matches per year. Um, you know, uh, Pacific Island, well, tier two nations are, are struggling to get matches. So there, there, there's, there's a bit of that, but I think um, uh, you're right. I think uh, Samoa has underperformed. 
um, since 1999. Uh, I'd love this year to be their year. <laughs> 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 we, we say that, I say that every World Cup. So, I mean, yeah. they have the makings of a team that could really go out there and do something special. I think that's the exciting thing from um, uh, ex-Samoan player point of view was we've got great uh, uh, great experience right across that, that from one all the way through to 32 uh, that they're able to take. So uh, that's the exciting thing about seeing this team is uh, they're up against it, against an Argentinian team that's got a lot of experience and, and very physical, but um, a lot of these players are professional players. You know, none of them, all of them are, um, this is your job. Uh, their number one job is to go out there and play rugby. So mate, I'm, I'm excited. As you should be. And I deliberately name sheet Italy, Argentina, Japan. I think they're great examples of exposure to the top level, what can happen and the growth that comes with. Uh, and hopefully World Rugby finally, finally... It's not as if we've been saying, we. you've just got this rich, rich tapestry of talent. We've got to make the most of it uh, in the Pacific. But, you know, um, I'll believe it when I see it, my friend. To the game itself, does it make you nervous or confident that Argentina were absolutely awful in their first game? <laughs> I um, I, I think it makes me more nervous because uh, of uh, on knowing what Argentina are capable of. Um, like you, you're right; they didn't play great in their first game. Uh, however, uh, as we know, them playing in the championship is they're capable of very good things. Uh, and I think um, that's going to come uh, from Argentina. So. Uh, a little bit nervous around that because they've got quality players right across that team. Uh, you know, yeah, like the inspirational captain at Hocker Montoya, uh, he leads right from the front, and then the loose forward trio is is one that uh, would would uh, could hold it against any other uh, loose forward trio, uh, trio going around world rugby. So, mate, it's um, yeah, nervous from my end. Yeah, I bet, my friend. Early start, too. Go get some rest. Thanks so much for dropping by, mate. I, I hope it goes well for them. Oh, awesome. Hey, thanks for having me on. And just before I go, uh, up the wires, eh? <laughs> good man, Cass. You're a good man. Do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, that's Cass. Cassiano, Leo La Manua. Um, ever, always, always known as Cass. Um, a really talented player. One of those players who was sort of squeezed out of the New Zealand rugby circle because he declared for Manu Samoa early uh, in his career, I think early 20s. Uh, he played for Wellington, um, should have played a lot of Super Rugby, went off and played a lot of club footy in um, Europe and France especially. Thoroughly uh, great bloke um, and very handsome front row forward, Brad Lewis. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about it. If anyone could judge a good-looking man, it would be you, Daniel. <laughs> especially after you've just you spent three much. weeks in France, you know. <laughs> Had another ripper of a dream last night. One of my best mates, oh God. Um, you know, put a mafia hit on me and I was being chased around Wellington by um, the Wellington Mafia. I didn't even know we had the Wellington Mafia. I, and I ended up hiding um, in some hippie commune, probably in Aro Valley. Uh, it was very odd. It was very, very strange. <laughs> but I survived. <laughs> Sounds strange. Not going to lie. Yep. I, I, I feel I feel like the hairy up. jab would be part of the Wellington Mafia somehow. Like he'd be like the <laughs> underboss. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a captain, no doubt about it. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Dewey Priest, the very proud Welshman.
TVNZ uh, news reporter these days, former sports reporter, uh, to offer the Welsh take on the huge game against Australia this weekend. That's coming up later. Got to get to a break now. 23 minutes after 6 o'clock. This is Rugby World Cup today. With Kubota shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. This is Rugby World Cup today. It is nearly 29 minutes after 6 o'clock. Brought to you by Kubota Shaping and Building Australia and New Zealand. We'll look at Wales and Australia in some detail. The Welsh perspective with Dewey Priest out of TVNZ. Proud Welshman. Uh, let's, though, get to our Rugby World Cup breakout performance of the day. Uh, thanks to Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat locally produced from Cowra, New South Wales. Now, I could talk about the fit again, Jonathan Dante and his direct running and de- defensive organisation. How good is flanker Charles Olivon, both scoring two tries, or Tom Ramas getting 24 points, or even Damien Pinot uh, scoring a hat-trick. Uh, did you know, Brad, that the uh, the uh, French right winger now just trails Serge Blanco by five tries? There you go, there's another Serge Blanco. I think that's the seventh time you've mentioned it in the show. <laughs> Just so you could say Serge Blanco. I love that man. Love that man. But this this sounds really harsh, but the breakout performance is Anton Dupont's face, isn't it? It's his face. Whatever part of the face it is, if it's eye socket, if it's cheekbone, if it's, you know, jaw, he is the story. He is that good. He is a rock and roll star in France on every magazine, newspaper, there were documentaries uh, flooding French TV prior to this tournament. Heck, they've made cartoons about him. Um, and he does literally everything. And don't take my word for it. How about we listen to Ronan O'Gara, who I'm pretty sure we all respect as a very astute rugby mind, of course, now with La Rochelle, who are arch enemies with DuPont's uh, to lose in the French uh, top 14. Here is uh, Ronan O'Gara, the longtime uh, Irish uh, fly half describing how good this player is. He's, there's no one on any team like Dupont. He's too good. He's, I've analysed him in depth, but you try to understand and coach how you can limit him, but he becomes such a uh, an enigma, is it? An, an anomaly? Yeah, when both. he doesn't have the ball, he has the freakish strength of a front row and back row. He has the fend of a centre and he has the speed of a winger and he has the smarts of a 10 and he's gone. You know, so, that's where yeah. where he does stuff that sometimes, you know what I mean? I, I absolutely, I hate him obviously because he's mm. from Toulouse and he's so good and he's caused me a lot of hurt, but I, I, I admire everything in this rugby player. He's, he's beyond the freak for me. But he is the one, isn't he? He, oh, is, he, he would, is the one. He would deflate a nation. He's Zidane for this team. Ronan O'Gara. Um, bang on, she's a good analyst. He's got such a rugby brand. All you need to listen to him is for a few minutes and go, ah, I get it now. Uh, and incredible sort of insights of a complete footballer. That's how big a loss this could be for France. That is our breakout uh, performance of the day. Yeah, it's cruel, it's harsh, uh, but it just needs to be highlighted again. Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat, locally produced from Cowra, New South Wales, and only found at your local independent butcher. 29 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Time to head off to Johnny Mac in the news. Stay with us. Rugby World Cup today continues.
25 and a half minutes away from 7 o'clock. This is Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota Shaping and Building Australia and New Zealand. Very special guest joining us now. Uh, very special because he should be ba- should be bathing. It's bath time right now. Very important responsibility in his household, but he's had to pass that on to the boss uh, to take this phone call from us. We are delighted to welcome in from TVNZ, newsman these days, but once a sports reporter, always a sports reporter, and of course an incredibly proud Welshman, Dewey Priest, joins the programme. How are you, mate? Doing very well, thanks, Mr. McCarty. Apart from being sleep deprived, uh, all the you know sympathies out there with all the other young parents out there. Uh, we're, we're going through it a little bit at the moment, but nothing like some Welsh propaganda to uh, to lift spirits at the end of a long week. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, your spirits must be significantly higher than, say, three weeks ago, because this side, I'm not sure limped is the right de- you know, description. It, it was very underwhelming the form prior to the tournament. So your expectations from then to now, have they changed a bit? Honestly, no. And the only reason I say this is because the group we were in and the, the World Cup draw that's been laid out before us, I, I knew we're not a great side, um, especially compared to, you know, the, the form we had going into 2019, even 2015. Um, 2011 has quite similarities here. But, but, but I did think if we just beat Fiji in the first game, ugly, pretty, however it happened, I actually thought we can get a little bit of momentum here because the pool is so weak. I mean, the Aussies have shown us that, you know, if that's the sort of the, the standard that we also need to beat to just scrape through to the quarterfinals, I genuinely did have a bit of hope that we could, uh, we could top the group as long as we beat Fiji. Um, am I optimistic after the performance against Portugal? Uh, probably less so, <laughs> but that's just a case of, you know, I, I'm putting on the rose-tinted glasses and saying, look, there was a lot of changes there. Uh, there wasn't a lot of cohesion. And frankly, we, we did the bare minimum that we needed to. Uh, which was just keep keep those bonus points coming in top of the group because it, it's such a bizarre World Cup of two draws, effectively, is how I'm reading it. And we've got a great chance of yeah. sneaking a little uh, semi-final berth in this kind of bizarre scenario, even though I, I will be the first to admit this is not a great Welsh team. That game against Fiji, wow. Uh, from your perspective watching it, you know, man, the emotions must have been all over the place. What a game of footy. Amazing game of footy. And I think it was, it was actually the game the, the opening round of the World Cup needed. Um, and it was a shame it actually took, took so long, I think, to, to have a real nail biter, people on the end of their seats. Being a Welshman in that wasn't the, uh, the friendliest of um, scenarios. And, and look, I, I, my heart does go out to Fiji because on another day, a few of those 50 50 calls, maybe even, you know, some would argue 60 40 calls go Fiji's way and things look different. But I, I would say that, you know, things come out in the wash in Test rugby. Wales have been on the, 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 the receiving end of a couple of bad uh, calls that have co- cost them games in the past. And unfortunately on that day, Fiji just came out on the wrong side. But what an incredible game. And as I said, for me, actually holding on to win that game with the way the momentum shifted for that last 15 minutes, I actually gained a lot of confidence from that, that most team. Because for me, what we're lacking going into this tournament is across the board, that sort of 40, 50, 60 cat player who has been there and done it. I think we've got a real mix at the moment of, you know, the likes of your George Norths and the Dan Piggers who are going straight from uh, the Rugby World Cup into a museum in Wales because they need to be uh, <laughs> antiquated alongside all the other Welsh rugby dinosaurs, um, even though I will say they're doing all right at the moment. Combine that with a lot of the really young talent that is, you know, that is effectively Warren Gatlin putting the stake in the ground 
for 2027. I think there's no bones about that. So I think finding the blend of that experience and raw youth to get that result against Fiji over the line, I actually think counts for a lot more maybe than, than people are putting it down to as a little bit of luck. Yeah, I'm glad you paid uh, tribute to Fiji and acknowledged, you know, them being on the wrong side of some calls. Absolutely certain about that. And they look so dangerous with ball in hand. You know, if, if a lot of passes stick, such is the, the danger they pose. It could have been 50, 60 points. But Wales just hung so tough. And the one thing I really liked about their performance, and I'm sure they want to recreate against Australia, I haven't seen them that clinical. Um, in, a, in a long time, uh, in the final third, you know, a, a lot of New Zealanders are focused on Fiji, have not really given much credit to Wales, who's, who scored a number of tries and that. I, I just thought there was there was a bit of a cutting edge to Wales that's been, you know, sorely absent over the last couple of years. 100%. And I think if we boil down for the last couple of years now, the way Test Rugby has evolved, there's, there's two key areas that I think the really good teams, the Ireland, the South Africans, have, have, and, and France, to be fair, have put themselves above everyone else it's it's clinicalness in the 22 in that red zone and defense and actually if you look at wales's performance against fiji uh, the, the i can't remember the stat off the top of my head but i think it was only one visit to the 22 that we didn't come away with points yes. and tackle stats i mean those tackle stats were absolutely bonkers um it's across the board and the team as a whole to come out with that defensive performance and frankly to not have a larger injury list uh, coming out of that game uh, is, is a real testament to, I think, the work that they've done in terms of the conditioning and the defence going into this. Uh, and just a, another word on Fiji. Again, the reason I'm, I'm very confident and happy that we came out with that result, it's just look what they did to the Wallabies. Now, everybody can have a, an opinion on, on what sort of Wallabies team this is and how they're coached, etc. But that is not an easy game for, the, for Fiji to go and, and down the Wallabies in, in that sort of environment where effectively their World Cup is on the line. Uh, so they've shown what they can do. And actually, now it's it set up this game between uh, Wales and Australia on Monday as an absolute cracker, which uh, I'll, I'll be honest, though, it would have been nice and, for the heart rate for the Aussies to actually get that win um, last weekend. But, uh, but the, the neutral in me knows that this is going to set up a, a fantastic finish to the pool here in Pool C. Are you worried about a wounded Wallabies or are you pretty relaxed on the basis of what you've seen from them? Somewhere in between. Um, I probably would say I'm, I'm more confident than I am worried. I was very surprised to see the TAB have got us as underdogs, so I might jump on that one there a little later this weekend. But look, I think Wales has shown that we have got strength in the collective at the moment. We're not the team of flashy individuals. Uh, you know, although, although we do actually have some star power in the likes of, of Louis Rees Samet on the wing, the Josh Adamses, they can pull something out of the hat. But I think our strength at the moment is really grinding out results. And the history of games between Wales and Australia going back probably the last 10, 15 years is they are usually 10 points or less. And, and those are the games that you really need to, to have that ability to really turn a screw, to, to take your points when they're on offer. And that's where the likes of a Dan Bigger, as, as critical as I have been of him at some point in his career for lacking creativity, at this point in time with the blend in that Welsh squad. He is actually the perfect person at number 10 for us at the moment, I think. Uh, and the fact that he will marshal the troops and get those points when they're on offer, that's what gives me a little bit of confidence that, that we should be okay, or we certainly shouldn't be overawed by the, by the Wallabies or the occasion. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it, even, even if there is a, a little bit of a sitting on hands, biting nails going to come around Monday.
Before I let you go, uh, if Warren Gatlin somehow gets into the quarterfinal or even a semi-final, um, gee, you'll never have another Welsh coach ever again, will you? It'll just be his own coaches in perpetuity. Absolutely. Well, well, we'll probably wait for Bryn Gatlin to grow old enough to become a coach, and then we'll just swoop him in straight after. <laughs> but no, absolutely. And I think, just to your point, though, this is how bizarre the, the World Cup draw has been. If we get out of the group, I actually then expect us to make the semi-final. Just because we're looking across the group and the next game will either be, you know, pardon my sins here, but I actually think the English will probably top that pool. So then you're looking at a quarterfinal knockout game against the likes of Japan, Argentina or Samoa. None of those teams are particularly frightening for, for a Welsh fan or the Welsh team. You know, I've, I've absolutely jinxed it now, haven't I? Um, but that's the, the sort of bizarre way that this draw has come out, that actually if we get out of this group, I think statistically it could be one of our best uh, World Cups ever. Yet, uh, you know, I think you'd, you'd ask any average Welshman down the streets of, uh, of Cardiff or even further west, and they'd probably be the first to admit we're, we're probably not the best side we've seen in recent years. But thanks to Gatland, we've always got hope, Pay. Well, Chip Alley will be going absolutely feral if they get through to the semi-finals. Is the rug- uh, last one, is the rugby fan a new crush that uh, DuPont is facing a significant time on the sideline? Uh, absolutely. I think... Whatever sport, whatever code, whatever tournament, you want to see the best players out on the pitch as much as possible. And even in that game, I mean, he just showed how world-class he is, uh, not only as a nine, but as any player on a rugby field. And I think if we're missing him for the majority, if not all, of the rest of the tournament, that is a massive loss to the the neutral and to everybody that that, uh, follows along the sport. But what I will say is that does breathe a little bit of optimism into uh, the likes of your island or South Africa. Whoever finishes second in that group, take DuPont out of that French side and suddenly they seem that little bit more beatable, don't they? Indeed they do. Principality Priest, thank you so much for joining us. Love the propaganda. Our love to the family. We'll hopefully catch up soon. Thanks so much. I look forward to catching up for the semi-finals. <laughs> Indeed. Dow Dewey Priest out of TV NZ Newsman these days. But it's our long-time sports reporter for them and a very, very proud Welshman and a Welsh rugby supporter. That is one of a very, very big group of games coming this weekend. How good. We'll run over our rugby walk-up schedule, tell you all the details you need to know about it. Brad Lewis, the clairvoyant, will tell us who's going to win. He doesn't know this. I'm just going to put him on the spot. It's quarter to seven back after the break. This is Rugby World Cup today. Let's get to our Rugby World Cup 2023 schedule with Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. It is quite the weekend for sure. Tomorrow morning, 3.45, Argentina take on Samoa. Uh, Georgia take on Portugal. And then England take on Chile. And then Sunday morning, it is the big one, of course, uh, we can't wait to bring you all the coverage. 6.30 a.m. Our coverage starts at 7 o'clock kickoff. It is South Africa up against Ireland. Join myself and Christian Cullen for full commentary right here on SENZ. Let's get back to Ronan O'Gara as he, uh, you know, uh, ran his eye over this all-important fixture. Every team has a weakness, you know, and then that's they ask, well, what does the head coach bring and what do the assistant coaches bring? They bring a capacity to see weaknesses in the opposition that can be exploited. And there was opportunities for Scotland that weren't taken in that game and that there was 
uh, opportunities for Tonga against Ireland that weren't taken by Tonga so every team has this weakness the game at the weekend which a lot of people I think are getting carried away it's not fatal the, semi the two sorry quarterfinals are fatal if they beat South Africa if they beat Scotland confidence will be absolutely sky high um, and then they will be all in on the quarter final, but the quarter final history suggests one way traffic against Ireland. So that's, even though they have mechanisms for coping with that and addressing with that nowadays, there'll still come a point after 50 or 60 minutes in that game where you either kick on or you let you succumb to doubt. I think I read during the week Ireland have won 27 in the last 29 test games. It's an astounding record in this day and age. It's Against the best as well. Yeah, you have to stop and pause and let that digest for a minute. You know, that's mm. an away tour in New Zealand. That's it's it's phenomenal body of work that they've gone through. Twenty-seven of twenty-nine. Did he say, Brad? Who's uh, beaten them? Yeah, the All Blacks have, and I believe yeah. did they not lose to the French at some point in that time as well? well. They did. Yeah. And who and who was the last team to beat France in France? I don't know. Scotland? Scotland. Yeah, Scotland. Yeah. What chance, yeah. Daniel, um, before we go, do you give Italy of upsetting the apple cart with a DuPontless French side, um, which would p put a massive spanner in the works for Paul A, and it'll come down to bonus points and points diff then if, uh, if the Italians pull off the miracle of all miracles and beat the Frogs? Uh, I give them a 0.1% chance. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Why? Why? Um, because Lukou is a very, very good player. The number nine will come in. Uh, he's a very good player. Tell he's that to Beef, who's put a line through the through the French. <laughs> the Vivid's gone. The Vivid's gone through the French because they can't win without Dupont. Right, he's watched them a lot. Then I, I, I take. Yeah, yeah. He, no, yeah. he hasn't. <clears throat> that would make sense. Okay, Brad, make your prediction. South Africa, Ireland. Uh, Ireland by three. Oh man. I can't make up my mind on this. The draw. Whoever, the draw. whoever leads at halftime wins that game. Both teams like to run from in front. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad shout at all. So, yeah, at halftime, uh, you might want to make a little, little, little punt And on the Chile to lead England at halftime. <laughs> Chile, come on. Uh, no, Love Chile. Uh, and, uh, yeah, carry on. England, England will win, but Chile will lead at halftime. Uh, Chile's been really enjoyable. They mm. chuck it around. Uh, so that's our big game on Sunday morning. Uh, let's not forget Monday. Huge games too. Scotland up against Tonga. And we'll have full coverage thanks to the great uh, duo of Scotty Stevenson and Steve Devine. 7 a.m. Monday. Wales eliminating Australia. Yay or nay? Yes. Oh, how good? How good would that be? We have to get 11 Australian analysts on the show on Monday. <laughs> oh, this goes into Australia. Good luck to the Wallabies. Good luck to the Wallabies. And I, I didn't laugh very loud there, did I? <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, everyone. We'll catch you uh, next Monday. On Monday. I'll catch you on Sunday. But next Rugby World Cup today on Monday evening. Enjoy your huge sporting weekend.